Hello and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you're welcome to this channel. If you're new and this is your first time catching one of these videos, you're welcome. Understand that these videos are made as support to the larger project that I currently run for the Lord. It's called the Master's Voice End Times Prophecy Blog. All the information will be in the description box below. So to old and new, you're very welcome. Check the description box so that you can know what this particular video is about. And without further ado, let's get into it. Today, I decided to continue with a prophecy series that, um, first of all, I'm doing a, a war theme at the moment. I completed the first theme, which is Russia and China. And now I'm doing a theme whereby I am bringing forth, proclaiming forth the prophecies that the Lord has given me over the last seven to eight years since 2012. The prophecies that the Lord has given me concerning war coming to the United States. So in the Russia and the China series, obviously we covered a lot of ground discussing and looking at prophetic words that the Lord had given saying that there will come a time in America's future, he did not give me any dates, so uh, that's neither here nor there. There will come a time in America's existence as a nation where she will go through many things that weaken her. It's 2020 now, November 2020, and we're starting to see um, a few of those things, quite a lot of those things manifest already, such as lack of cohesion in the government, such as um, running battles with police. I do have one or two prophecies talking about how the American police force is really going to change. It's going to become very soldier-like, very aggressive, and we've seen that in 2020. These words were put up, some of them um, early in 2020, I think some of them in 2019. So America will go through a series of changes and not to the good. These are not improvements to the nation. These are not um, changes that will make this nation great again, but instead she will start to experience huge shifts in how government operates in how her people carry themselves and how they behave one to another and also towards their own government concerning their civic duty, concerning their civic respect to the government, there will be a great shift. And because of these shifts towards the negative, America will begin to struggle. She will go through economic hardships. Her money will lose value. Her trade and industry will dwindle. She will lose gradually her first place in international in the international arena. She will no longer be looked at with great respect. I just recently put up a prophecy like that. I, I think it's called sedition and the fall, but I'm not sure. If you check the if you check this channel, you can see the different prophecies. And I think one of the recent ones, if you read the description, it will talk about how America will lose her first place. She will lose respect in the international community. She will become, uh, first of all, ignored and then overlooked and then uh, irrelevant. And instead, China and especially Russia will rise to prominence 
in the international scene, they will be feted, they will be loved, they will be celebrated at least for a while as America makes her downward descent. God said, and I've also always said this, that he will pull this nation down from her first place. He will humble her. And in the end, the end of this nation, as always appears in the dreams and the visions that the Lord shows me, is of a very great burning. So I am back to the war series. And today is part two of a prophecy series that I began in December of 2019, the Lord gave me a series of visions, all of them on the same day, the 9th of December. And um, they were so detailed and so long that there was no way I could put them on the blog in a continuous fashion. And besides, God always gives me a name for each prophetic word. And so each one had its own word. And the one we're looking at today We've looked at one, I think it was part three. It's called D-Day, also on December 9, 2019. That's already up, one of the earlier videos, so you can check that out. But today we're looking at part two, and the title of this word is called A Nation Under Siege. So on the blog, you'll find this filed under America. You'll find it filed also under Judgments. It needs to be understood. If you're new to this channel and you haven't watched any video, if this is your very first video and you're wondering who's this woman and why she's saying that the country I live in or my native land or the country that my uncle and his family relocated to 25 years ago or the country that I'm currently working on getting my, my citizenship, my status, my green card, my work permit or, you know, uh, my I'm naturalizing and what is this person saying I am here as a messenger of the Lord who has been seeing these prophetic words and visions for next year will make it nine years um, the Lord has always been speaking to me since I became born again in 2003 however uh, over time God greatly shifted his conversation. And that conversation, as I shared in a recent video, almost always involved the USA. It was always dreams about America. It was always dreams about war. It was always dreams about um, occupation, which I've spoken about before. That occupation is when foreign armies come to your country and they don't just come to your country and fight a war. America knows about occupation because she's constantly doing it to other countries. She occupied Afghanistan. She occupied Kuwait when I was a young girl. She occupied uh, Iraq. She occupied... Um, quite a few countries. So this this the the idea of occupation means that you bring your forces, your army, your soldiers, your war machine, not just a metaphorical war machine as in we declare war, we're going to fight, but your war machine as in actual tanks, you bring actual battlements, you come and you block off cities, you set up checkpoints, you bring structures from your country and you establish them in the country that you fought and defeated. So um, if you're wondering about this, the Lord was and is continuing to show me these things. 
occupation in America by Russian and Chinese forces with their allies, some of whom have already been um, revealed. Taiwan will be here, the Ukraine will be here, as well as at least one other Asian power that is not very small. So I have a prophecy on the blog that I will share. Um, it should have gone in the Russian, Russia and China series, so I think I will do a video on that. But there will be one other Asian power here that is not a small power. So it's 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 big enough for God to have given it its own depiction. And I'll share that in another video. But the Lord has said that this is a judgment on this nation. And this is why I always say on this channel that we really need to be circumspect. I'm not saying, I've never said on this channel, pack your bags and flee for the hills, you know. And there's a lot of people who watch videos such as these and they enter into a state of panic. They enter into such a state of scattering, you know, they become so confused. They don't know what to do. And they want to ask the person making the video, well, what should I do with my stocks and my bonds? And what should I do with my bank account? And what should I do with my house and my kids? And brothers and sisters, in, in all honesty, if I'm here with you, how do I tell you what to do in Nevada or Omaha or Oregon or New York City, like where I am? How do I direct you? I'm not your Holy Spirit. I live here too. In fact, I live in the city that God is always showing missiles. I see so many visions um, and I've shared some on the blog, but sometimes brothers and sisters, I... I just see them sometimes when I'm sleeping, sometimes when I'm awake doing something else. I do see them curving to land because the New York skyline is, is extremely iconic. You cannot see the New York skyline and think, oh, is, is this Kuala Lumpur? Or you cannot mistake it for anything else. It's iconic. It's on postcards and magazines and we've seen it in the movies a billion times. So you know New York when you see it, even if you've never been here. I see missiles coming toward the city, but I don't, I don't write anybody and ask them, well, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should move away? Do you think I should stay? Do you think I should buy gold? That's because I'm a Christian and Jesus Christ is the primary word in the word Christian. Everything that I do in my life, every step that I take, every move is orchestrated by the Lord. The Lord is not just something that I read about in the Psalms and I say, oh, the Lord is my rock and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? There are times when I have fear. Everybody feels fear. And I'm not going to sit here and be all slick like some people, false evidence appearing real. Wait until you have cancer. Or wait until you undergo some seriously horrific life-shifting event that completely unnerves you and shakes you to your core. That's not false evidence appearing real. I don't know why people say these things to other people. Sometimes it's just best to be quiet if you don't know what to say. Fear is a constant part of the human existence. You feel it even if you have to go through changes and babies are so honest. If a baby is awesome in fourth grade and then a baby has to go to fifth grade and that's big boy school 
and he doesn't know how he's going to handle it. And he tells his parents, I feel a little afraid. That's not false evidence appearing real. That's the sign of a good working brain. Fear is here sometimes so that we overcome it. Fear is here sometimes to goad us into making right actions. Look at Noah. The Bible says that God came to Noah and told Noah. He didn't tell Noah, I'm here with some false evidence appearing real. God told Noah, I am sick of this particular version of the world. It doesn't look like me. It looks nothing like my original intention. It's completely defiled and I'm going to do away with it. I am here on an act of mercy. I am here to live up to my name as a God of faithfulness and goodness. You know I have found grace in my sight. I favor you. I'm going to give you information to save your life, to save your wife's life, and to save the lives of your kids and your in-laws. There is coming a great flood. Rain from the heavens. At this point, Noah would have been like, sorry, just question here. What's rain? Because the Bible says that even up to that time, there had been no rain. We're used to rain now, but not in Noah's day. From the garden up until Noah's day, the Bible says that a mist would come up from the ground and that's how plants and them got watered, which, which makes sense because every plant grows from the roots up, not the trees and everything else like that. So as long as there's water on the roots of the plant, even a huge tree, it will grow. After all, rain has to come down, hit the roots, and then plants grow. So God was telling Noah about things that he had no paradigm for. God was telling Noah about things that made no sense to Noah at that time. But Noah didn't say, I don't believe this. Noah didn't say, who's this talking to me? Noah recognized the voice of the person that all of us should be recognizing. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the constant, the constant counselor? Who is our unfailing and constant friend? The Holy Spirit is the person I ask about my future, about my destiny, about my life. I don't, I don't go around asking people, do you think I should move out of New York? If God wants me to move in the course of all my prayer and all my fasting and all my seeking, and just because God counts me a friend, he will tell me, and then I will move. I might not even move because of any missiles coming at any particular moment. I just might move because I get a better job or something. I don't know. But God spoke to Noah and the Bible says Noah moved with godly fear. That means that Noah heard God. Noah did not pretend that he didn't hear God. Noah honored what he heard and then he let what he heard and what he felt control his actions. Noah moved immediately to build a boat that took over 100 years to get done. I think Noah was six, 500 when he started and 600 when he ended making the boat. 100 years. In another part of the Bible, it says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So not only was Noah working on this boat, he was constantly telling people, God says there's going to be a flood. And this flood will involve a new phenomenon called rain. And people mocked him. They walked right past that huge project. The ark was not a sailboat. It was not a yacht. It was not even the Titanic. It was a massive, massive thing. 
even by ancient dimensions, ancient measurements. It was huge. Noah built this thing and he told people all the time why he was building it. And yet the Bible says that only eight souls were saved. Noah, Mrs. Noah, three boys Noah, and three junior Mrs. Noah's. Eight people listened to God who was bringing a word to save the entire earth. I'm only here bringing a series of words that is directed to the United States so that the people of the United States can listen to God, heed what he's saying, check themselves and see if they are guilty of the sins that God continuously says are the reason, the bedrock for why he will judge this nation. If we're guilty of those sins, if we're still practicing those sins, we need to stop it. We need to be less interested in whether we should buy gold and silver than in whether we're going to take part in these judgments because we're filthy before God. If we're filthy, there's soap available. There's the blood of Jesus. There's the gift of repentance. They're saying, God, I am so sorry. I did have an abortion. God, I'm so sorry. I do smoke weed and I do partake in these other pharmacia, these sorceries. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Make me your child, wash me with your blood. Bring me also into, into fellowship and closeness with you. Make me your friend and save me. That's what I do. And I pray that you will do the same. So the prophecy for today is called Nation Under Siege. I'm not going to read the prophecy exhaustively. I always say, please visit the blog and read the prophetic words. It's a lot better to read the words, internalize them, talk to God about them, talk to God about your fears. These videos are just to help. So um, let's go into it. Speak to the city that lies by the sea, the harlot of revelation, America by name. You have come to the end of the era and the end of your good days are here. You've ended your run just like the plays on Broadway. For you, the curtain now falls and your performance is over. 2020 is a bad year for you. This begins the decade of your torment, sadness, distresses, and woes. Remember that I wrote this, the Lord gave me this on December 9, 2019. So we hadn't yet entered the new year. Woe to the harlot that sits in the midst of her blood. Woe to the bartender and the mixer of the cup of defiled wine. Now, when God says bartender, he's simply talking about the love of a nation that, um, you know, drink alcoholic substances. But also he says that America has mixed a cup of defiled wine and made the nations drink from it. A filthy cup that she used to defile the nations. And now my hand will strike you a bloody blow for your sins. Woe to this nation that will not repent of sin. The Lord will mount up a siege against you. I will block you on all sides and no good thing will come to you. So in the ancient days, for instance, um, prophet Ezekiel, the Lord instructed him to take some metal pans and some small utensils that he had and to build up a siege mound. A siege mound in those days is you have a city right here and then you block the city off in Ezekiel's in Ezekiel's case, I think he used a big metal pan. So he, he, he made a little fake city 
right, using cups and whatever it is that he used. And then he brought a big metal pan and he blocked off the city on all sides. Now, whenever you, you mount a siege against a city, the worst thing about it is that it's like cutting off the lifeblood of a city. You can see my veins here. You, you pinch that and you cut off the flow of blood. Now, what is a city's blood? Obviously, she doesn't have real blood. So what is a city's blood? You block off her trade. That's the main thing. You stop the city from getting the things that she cannot produce. So she can't import those things. And then you block her from sending out what she does produce. In this case, it's iPhones, iPads, i everything. You stop her from sending out the things that she can sell to get money so that she has money to do projects in her own country. She has money to give goods and services and keep industry going. So when there's a siege, everything is squeezed. It's like cutting off the blood supply or cutting off air. So the Lord says, just as Ezekiel did, I will set up my instruments of warfare against you and I will wage war from you on you from heaven. I will cast away your crown. I will speak that you will be demoted and destroyed out of heaven. My wrath is stirred up against you, America, and I will pour out my fury on you. You idolaters, you wine bibbers, you vapor lovers. Now on the blog, I gave explanations, so I'll just give those explanations here. An idolater is anyone who exalts anything above the worship of God. So I've shared before that idolatry in the modern age is not only in those nations where they bow down to statues of, of stone and metal Buddhas and metal this, or they walk around that huge black cube uh, that they have in Mecca uttering prayers around it. No, idolatry is simply holding anything in the temple of your heart that stands up as a God. And then when Jesus wants to enter your heart, he cannot. His place as king, as first, is being occupied by something that you love more than him. This is even common among women. You find women, they're single, they're asking God for a husband, God gives them the husband, and before you know it, they've fallen away, they're no, no longer interested in the prayer group. It's very common among females, particularly. You know, when, when women are waiting for something, they tend not to act like Hannah. Hannah in the Bible, in 1 Samuel, was barren, and she was the first wife, and the second wife, Penina, had kids, and Hannah had no kids. And the Bible says that Hannah was prevented from giving birth by God. She wasn't barren because she was infertile. She was barren because the Lord had sealed up her womb, and the Lord had his own reasons for not allowing Hannah to give birth at a particular time. And so Hannah waited a long time for a child and it got to the point where the woman was so miserable she couldn't even focus on real life. She was overcome with grief and the Bible says bitterness of soul, especially because the second wife who did have kids was, was just an evil Betty. And she constantly would provoke this woman and go like, oh, did you have your period again, Hannah? maybe next month, you know, and there are witchy people like that everywhere. You work with them. You, some of them are probably in your family. You know, we've got quite a few in mine. So, um, Penina would provoke Hannah so greatly and Hannah would weep and weep and weep. But here's the thing. Before Hannah got the child, Hannah went to God and said, God, I'll do you a deal. 
if you bless me with this child, with this thing that I desire so much. And notice, Hannah's still praying. So many of us, we will still pray when we need what we, what we need from God. Hannah's still praying, but then she says to God, I promise you that if you give me a male child, if you give me a son, I will give that child right back to you. How many of us do that? How many of us pray to God for the marriage, the business, the promotion, the car, the girlfriend, whatever it is that we're praying for, the healing, and then we attach a caveat to it that completely exalts God above the thing that we wanted. God, if you heal me of this cancer, I will serve you forever. God, if you give me this marriage, I will serve you forever. God, I've been barren eight years, nine years, 12 years. If you give me this baby that I desire so much, I will serve you forever. I will raise up this child in the knowledge of Yeshua. I will teach him your commands and I will make sure that this child grows up with a love for God. Hannah dedicated her empty womb to God. She dedicated her son without even asking her son, do you want to be an astronaut or do you want to be a farmer like your father? And God gave her the baby. She raised that baby until weaning age. And then she gave the baby up. How many of us would want something so bad, make a promise and keep that promise to God when he delivered? Hannah took the only baby she had and took the baby to the temple and gave him. He wasn't a baby then, he was a young boy. And when she gave him up, as she had promised, God flooded her with children. So God accuses America of idolatry very frequently. We worship sports stars, movie stars, you name the star, we've got it here and we've got a need to take bow to that star. I see people on Facebook idolizing the flag and I'm like, mm -mm -mm. I do not know what they're teaching you at your church. They idolize the constitution. They idolize pastors. People idolize leaders. People idolize the election. Oh, there are as many idols as there are hearts, not only in the United States, but around the world. So the Lord accuses America of idolatry. He accuses her of being a wine bibber, somebody who just simply loves the good life, party life, alcohol, substances, drugs. He even said something that I'd never heard before, vapor lovers. And I was confused. And then I just saw this image of a youth puffing on these things. I always call them puffy sticks because the name for them goes. And then I found out later uh, through Google that there's this company called Jewel and these things are called the Jewel. And of course, it, it, it's just symbolic of some supposed uh, nicotine direct delivery system that you puff on. And uh, he, he said that. And of course, this is not the only thing. There's so many vapors in the United States. Uh, meth, coke, crack. If it can be cooked, it's here. So that's what the Lord said. He said, I will desecrate you on your own high hills, the very high hills that you use to set up your altars to worship false gods will be knocked down to powder by the war boots of your enemies and your heart will stop at the things your eyes will see. Just like a man who did not expect something and suddenly sees it, so will it be with you. I will mount up a siege against you. I'm going to block you 
and limit you on all sides. And then I will destroy you with foreign armies. All your battlements here and abroad will be destroyed. Now, battlements, I've already explained what they are, but in modern times, that no, that's nothing else but your army bases. A battlement is a place where you stack the planes, you stack um, the guns, you stack the soldiers sometimes, you stack the warships, you stack everything on base. So the Lord says that local bases here in the United States and foreign bases will be destroyed. Foreign armies will invade you and ransack you. Your women will be raped and carried off for slaughter elsewhere and your children will be sold or killed. Great grief will arise in you, Babylon, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Your sorrow will be unsustainable and unimaginable, yet you will bear it. Now, when the Lord mentioned these army bases being destroyed here in a and abroad. It brought an understanding to my mind because I had by this time I've been writing these prophecies of war, coming war in the future with these big nations for quite a while. And what I understood is that these people will plan. It will not be the work of five minutes or 12 months. Oh, let's just see what we can slap together and go and know. Because when somebody hits your bases abroad and at home at the same time. It means that they have worked out the coordinates to hit you in Japan, to hit you in Korea, to hit you in the Middle East, to hit you wherever you have a base, to just blitzkrieg you at the same time. And this can only be done by meticulous planning because America has her tentacles everywhere. And yesterday the Lord gave a word and I shared it in another video. He said, I will cut off your limbs. To cut off somebody's limb is just to hack, hack, hack. Just cut off everything and just basically leave the, the, the main part of the body. And this cannot be done just by mistake. So the Lord said that when all this happens to America, people will loathe her and hate her. They will be horrified. They will be staring as if they cannot believe. He said that allies will whisper among themselves in tortured tones, watching the nation destroyed, but not a single one of them will move to get themselves involved in this conflict. The Lord said that sudden destruction will come from the north. You will be betrayed from within, betrayed by your own people. And then after that, armies will enter you at your weakest point and they will put the useless life to death. So what is the useless life? The description here is those who are weak, those who are tender, meaning young, those who have no visible value to the conquerors you will be quickly and unceremoniously put to death. Hear the word of the Lord. But the strong life, the strong ones, hear your judgment. You will be made to bow down and carry bricks. You will carry mortar, which is cement. You will carry snow. You will carry water. You will carry ice. You will carry trees and wood as if you were a pack animal. 
You will mix snow and dirt to make cement, and you will build camps for the enemy in your own nation. They will cover your land like locusts and flies, settling on everything and taking it as their possessions, the fields, the people, the cattle, the livestock, male and female, captives and slaves, your money, your gold, your silver. America, hear the word of your Lord. The foreigner and the invader will shop among your finest treasures and utterly despoil this nation. To spoil a nation, of course, means to pillage it, to take everything of value and destroy it. You will be utterly bankrupt and broke. You shall be a poor nation where nothing of value can be found anymore. This is the word of the Lord. So there are quite heavy, distressing, and very real world terms in this prophecy. I think what we need to take away from prophecy is knowing that it just doesn't come out of nowhere. You read the Bible and you see Isaiah saying something, you know, a virgin will conceive and bear a child. But understand that the, the conception of Jesus and even the choice of Mary as his mother is not something that just happens uh, out of the blue. Just, okay, you know, today we've got nothing to do in heaven, so we're just going to to make up this prophecy. Here you go, Isaiah, say this. No, it always is rooted from somewhere. It's rooted out of a period of action or an event that leads up to it. So Jesus, the announcement of Jesus in the earth through Isaiah at that time, and then the appearance of Jesus uh, hundreds of years later in Israel, it dated all the way back to the garden when God was giving out the punishments to Adam, Eve, and the serpent. And he told the serpent that there is coming one and you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And so Jesus was spoken of at that earliest point. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus was with the Father from the beginning. So the Lord already knew that he would send us a savior to redeem us from our very ill-advised actions and choices. In the same way, I am not the first person who has said that America will be burned for seven or eight years receiving prophetic words from the Lord. Some would say I'm a rookie and I have no problem with that. I am not the first person. I'm not the only person. So this is something that God has been speaking. I see people, they come to the blog, people who are much older than me, and they say that when they were 15, their mother used to say the same thing about prophets in their mother's day. And they used to hear that when they were 15 and then they were growing up and they were hearing people in the 1940s and the 1950s and 60s and 70s and 80s. People on the fringes, people ignored by mainstream society. Who wants to hear about war and destruction? Tell us about how to get the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Tell us about my inner prophetic side so I can tap into that and turn my life around. I see people coming to the blog and they, they write things in the comment that, comments that really teach me, make me think this is, this is ancient. What I'm saying is old. Some people have died saying this. And now here I am saying this. 
not even knowing the names of all the ones who came before me. So to those who will watch this video and shrug it off, please do shrug it off. Don't let it bother you for a minute. You've got better things to do. But to the rest of you who hear these words and they make you sober the way they make me sober, I'm a very happy person, honestly. I, I love being alive and I thank God for making me at this time in history. He could have brought me at any time, but now's the time. Interesting time, explosive times. I'm a happy person, but these words do sober me. They make me move with godly fear. Order my life straight as I can before the Lord. This is Celestial. You're with the Master's Voice. God bless you, and until I see you again, bye.